Danny Matasi, cousin Danny. Uh, welcome here. Looking forward to talking with you today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Just uh, looking forward to being a famous podcaster after that. <laughs> yeah, this could, uh, this could be the start of a very promising career as an interviewee. Sharing some uh, revenue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you've got any uh, expected future um, sponsors and you want to give them a shout out, you're free to do so. I'm leaving, leaving that all to you. I'll just take <laughs> Perfect. Well, I've got nobody uh nobody lined up yet, but I can always go back and edit them in. I just probably get like Nike or Apple or somebody. Yeah, yeah, so, someone big, I'm sure. All right, Danny. The first question here, um, as all of our viewers want to know, they they probably aren't familiar with your biography. Um, so if you could give us just like a a couple paragraphs, uh, bullet point. Uh, storyline of your life um, that, that'll give us a good template to work off of. All right. Well, March 1st, 1988, that's the date it all began. Great day. Uh, as far as I know, it was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, we lived there three months. When I was a little baby. We moved out to uh, Westlake Village. Um, yeah, I grew up in Thousand Oaks. Grew up playing sports, loved sports. Uh, eventually got to go to UC Santa Barbara for college. Uh, that was paradise. What am I being stuck there forever? <laughs> um, place is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, that whole time, you know, had a great family life. Great parents, sister, grandma, extended family. Um, grandma's did a few grandma's camps along the uh, way. Shout out grandma's camp. Some time with some good cousins of mine, playing some bingo and uh, playing in the pool. Um, for some reason, became an accountant. Uh, thought it was a good idea. <laughs> it was a good idea. Wanted, you know, to make some good money, but not a good idea if I wanted a career I was passionate and satisfied with. So I did that uh, for about four or five years. Um, wasn't feeling it. Uh, decided to switch things up. Um, oh, I got to live in Italy for a little bit. That was pretty awesome when I was in college. Uh, got a little taste for traveling, which I uh, try to do as much as I can now. Um, yeah, and uh, now today I'm a firefighter. Uh, never really would have thought I would have made it to this this uh, career, um, but kind of considered it about four or five years ago. And it was a long journey to get here. Um, came an EMT, went to fire school, worked uh, on a hand crew, and uh, four years later, here I am after that. Uh, and yeah, had a good life. Uh, it's probably like not the, the common like career path, I guess. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, you know, I'm just thankful that I've had the opportunities I've had um, to help help it. I've been supported all the way uh, by my family and friends, and it's been lucky. It's a pretty good overview there. Um, you've had. Uh, yeah, but the accountant firefighter switch probably isn't a standard um, career path, at least most, most firefighters probably weren't accountants previously. Um, how would you say that your interests or passions have kind of uh, changed as you've gone through your life? So growing up... Um... Is this, are we talking just the kind of careers? Or? Uh, just whatever whatever you identify as like uh, a, a driving passion, I guess, or um, okay. I don't know. You can talk about how your identity has changed or how um, how what you're interested in has changed. Uh, yeah. Looking for like the, the dynamic uh, evolution, I guess. Yeah, I guess uh, I want to just focus all on careers. Yeah. Little synopsis there was a lot of career driven. Um, I guess growing up, it's kind of weird because growing up, I never really like thought about like myself. I wasn't really aware of myself. Um, like, and it's kind of funny, but it's like, it's serious too. Like I wasn't aware of like the feelings I was having and, you know, if other people were kind of feeling the same way. Um, like I actually grew up feeling like now I'm looking back on it, like kind of anxious and I never really was able to like kind of pinpoint that, I, you know, I never did like therapy. I just thought that's how I am or like, that's how people are, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think as I've grown up and learned more about myself and like actually having like been through some therapy and actually like practicing like spiritual program and trying to incorporate like uh, spirituality into my life. I've come, like I said, I've learned more about myself and I've learned more about like what makes at the end of the day, me feel complete, like feel whole. Um, but I think when I was younger uh, or go, going into college, I was like focused on making money um, having a good career, um, and those are like good things to, to do and to want, but that shouldn't really be in my mind, like the driving force behind everything. It should be, um, and then what's kind of shifted now is I think I've, I think what's important is to do something you're passionate about and let the success kind of naturally follow, uh, kind of be a result of that passion, that hard work. Um, you know, now I, now I feel like if, if everybody, if I, if I do something that I love, like I'm going to work hard for that. I'm going to end up making money. I'm going to end up being successful. I'm going to end up being happy, but like, it starts like intrinsically looking at myself and like, is this something I'm passionate about? Not like, okay, I'm going to go chase the money. So I'm going to go do that. Like that. Would that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. Would you say that uh, that's kind of like your uh, your central tenet, or uh, like your the the current 
theme of your life? Is that kind of what's defining this arc? Um, yeah, I, I think so. You know, now like my career, I, uh, I like it because I get to do new things every day. Um, I get to be of service to my community. I get to help people when they're in need. Um, those are all things that are pretty important to me. Um, yeah. Like I want to first, that's like the person I want to be. Um, so yeah, I, I try my best to uh, incorporate that into my life, kind of be like a driving force in my life. It's not always easy because, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll like, you know, I'll start worrying about finances or like, oh, I need to go, I need, I should buy a house or yeah, I should buy a new car, you know? So it's, it can be tricky. It can get easy to kind of get sidetracked um, and to kind of, you know, revert back maybe to old tendencies, um, especially like when feeling like kind of fearful. And um, but now I'm more like I said, I'm more aware of myself. I'm more aware of my thoughts, and I'm able to kind of, uh, you know, take a step back if I'm feeling not 100% or you know whatever, feeling anxious, um, feeling like I'm not where I want to be. Uh, it will take a step back and like, all right, well, you know, I, I have a lot of good things in my life. Let's get back to what I know what works for me. Is there like a, a specific marker or um, a, a tool that can help you to like step back and know when it's when it's time to take a look at the bigger picture? I feel like that's something that's really hard for, for me yeah. specifically and probably for a lot of people to, uh, to really um, take a step back and see the broader scope. Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's, there's, you know, I can kind of maybe try to be aware of how I'm, how I'm feeling, you know, how I'm acting towards others. Am I being like really, am I being bothered? Am I irritable today? Um, am I restless? Am I discon discontent with some things? Um, and yeah, like you said, it's hard to sometimes know you're, you're feeling that in the moment. But if I notice like, Kind of had to struggle i've struggled today or whatever i'm like oh yeah what's going on here like let's take a look at that and like i talked about like the spiritual program um that kind of incorporated in my life is the 12 steps of alcoholics anonymous and part of that well the 10th step is uh it's a daily inventory so it's a daily look at um your day, you, you kind of reflect on your day and there's questions you look at, you say, you know, was I feeling this way, this way, this way, this way, you know, could I have done things better? Was I kind of loving towards all? Was I being selfish? Was I dishonest anywhere? And you kind of take a look at these different areas and um, kind of uncover some things. Maybe you weren't even aware of them. Maybe there is a, more going on than you really realize. So uh, just to kind of review that, um, that helps. And if I need to uh, talk to somebody, some some uh, close people that I trust, you know, that I give good advice and uh, talk it through with them because, uh, you know, trying to figure it all out on my own, that's, you know, I got my own perspective, but I don't know if that's the right one. You know, maybe I'm going through something that someone else has already been through and they can give me better advice on it. So. I I didn't know that that was the 10th the step of the, um a program that is uh reminiscent of a, a lot of the uh 
because I've read a couple of biographies recently of people that are successful and that I um, admire and respect. And it seems like a common theme is their ability to kind of like on a, a regular basis, whether that's daily or weekly, kind of set out a plan and reflect on their uh, their past experiences over the last week or time period. Um, and I've tried to do that in my life, but it's it's hard to to keep it up. How how have you been able to do that? Are you able to do that uh, often uh, and regularly? Best. <laughs> I'm not an A student when it comes to it, to be honest. Um, I don't know, life gets busy, um, you know, with the whole pandemic that's been going on. It's actually been kind of a, it's really been, um, what's the word? I guess uh, it's been not good. <laughs> but people working like in Alcoholics Anonymous because a big part of it is going to meetings in person and getting in like having that common routine, you know, and it's like, keep doing it you're gonna kind of stay on track but once you stop once that whole routine kind of stops it's really easy to um kind of get off get off uh get off the path yeah and um yeah it's uh it was hard you know it's hard um but now it's more so when i notice i'm really maybe struggling through something or I'm like stressed out at work or I come home from work and I'm kind of acting like a dick or whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, something's going on with me. Like, it's me, you know, I'm, I need to change something. I need to figure out what's going on. So I could do a better job of doing it on the daily, which I don't, but um, more so like damage control now. Like if things aren't going well, like, okay. Yeah. I feel like it's certainly not easy to be able to uh, to realize from um, uh, the inside perspective of when that uh, when that situation might arise. When it might be nice to take a step back. So it's a pretty impressive skill. You've been able to cultivate there. Another thing you mentioned earlier is uh, you've had success in like reaching out to people and asking for advice, um, which is something that uh, I personally struggle with too um, is, you know, you just kind of want to go at it alone and uh, don't want to bring up your problems with other people. Um, how have you been able to to do that, to reach out and ask for advice when it's needed and when it's probably mutually beneficial? Um, well, I guess through, uh, um, you say it's, uh, I, I learned the hard way is what you could say, you know, through <laughs> past experiences of trying to figure it out on my own and that not working out the way I wanted to uh, kind of realized that, yeah, there, it, you know, it is a group effort. You know, we have these people in our lives for reasons, like people that love us, people that want to help us. Not everybody does. But try to find the ones that do. And, um, you know, I know if someone came to me with a problem, I'd be 100% willing to help them, you know. So knowing that, it makes it a little easier to ask people for help because I feel like they want to do the same for me. 
All right, we'll step outside of the, uh, the personal questions for a second and uh, try and ask about some of the uh, global happenings, I guess. So kind of over the course of your life, how, how have you kind of seen, um, or what do you think are the major themes of the, um, the I guess, humanity going through the last like 30 years? What, what do you think makes the textbooks in the future? Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know if it's a question that I like. I like <laughs> just the bullet points. Like, what what are what are the top five uh, top five either major milestones or like uh, obviously technology has been a big uh, player in, in recent yeah. history. Um, it's gonna make me feel like like I'm a, I'm an old man saying back in day <laughs> we didn't use the TikToks. Uh, I don't know. I think technology is amazing. Obviously, it makes our lives a lot easier. Um, at the same time, I feel like it's a kind of a huge detriment to society. Um, just the whole looking at your screen all day, becoming addicted to likes on Instagram or whatever it is, you know, becoming emotionally like kind of invested in your phone and little clickbait items and um yeah just uh things like that uh it's 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 uh i think i feel like we're kind of walking on like a fine line um of what's good and what's bad you know you can just order food and have everything delivered right to your front door you know i don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore yeah uh you know i feel like people aren't aren't as active as they once were you know, just doing a little things like stepping out of the house, you know, makes you, gets you off the couch. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people live a sedentary lifestyle more than they were in the past. And, um, yeah, that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I want to, I want to like say like positive things. <laughs> but, uh, I feel like there's so many negative things, you know, when you think about like, you got to, plug my laptop in. Oh, uh, what do you think about like politics and stuff and how we're so divided and uh, everyone is just trying to uh, I don't know. Everyone's trying to prove themselves right and uh, we're not coming up with any compromises. Find some good things. We made it through Y2K. That was a stressful moment. I remember that. I was like 12 years old. And uh, I remember like walking down uh, Orange Grove Boulevard in Pasadena on uh, December 31st, 1999. And uh, I was like, you know, kind of freaked out because people were like, the world's going to end and blah, 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 and this and that. And I didn't know like why or how that was going to happen. But I just was like, oh my God, like we should do something, you know? <laughs> but we got lucky. Nothing happened. We made it through that. Um, wow, I, I didn't realize. Was that like a real fear people had? I think so. I don't know. Like maybe in my like twelve year old brain, I like kind of catastrophize the situation. Um, yeah, people were like, yeah, we've only programmed, you know, the last two digits in the year. So what's going to happen when it goes to two thousand? <laughs> 
crazy. In my mind, yeah, I was. I think that was kind of weird. Um. The next, uh, the next question here is, uh, what do you think um, the next thirty years or so, up to twenty fifty, what do you think are going to be the major themes? What, what do we got on the horizon that we need to be watching out for? What are the defining uh, um, driverless stories? cars? Driverless cars. Driverless cars. <laughs> yeah, stoked uh, for that. Yeah. Um, that's such a such a tough question to answer. It is. Yeah. It could. I mean, you could talk like a big picture. It could be in your life too. Just a sense of what yeah. you're feeling about the future. Um, I'm pretty excited, I guess, about the future. I've, uh, I'm kind of at a point in my life where I feel like I found a career that's going to be my career for the rest of my life. And um, I kind of started moving forward. Um, I see potentially a lot of, uh, little babies <laughs> in five years. <laughs> uh, got a few weddings coming up. And uh, maybe maybe some more that you know haven't been um, that aren't set in stone yet. Um, so yeah, little babies are definitely going to be a thing. Okay, I think probably right there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, I think it's going to be good. Like I, I'd like to continue to travel, uh, try new things, try new foods. Um, What's a do some what's family this? reunion vacations stuff like that? Yeah, that'll be good. What's a on the bucket list right now? What do you? What's kind of percolating on your mind? Is something that you want to get to? Um, traveling. I guess we've, we've been talking about going to uh, Iceland. Iceland is fun. To uh, rent a car and drive around. Take in all the all the scenery out there. Uh, do you like a little Norway, maybe Denmark, Sweden? Oh yeah, Scandinavia. Uh, Scandinavia, yeah. You know. Um, also, maybe Hungary. Hungary seems cool. Croatia. Oh, Hungary. Yeah. What? What do you? Uh, anything specific about that region that draws you in? Um. You got like uh, I like the food out there. What is Hungarian food? It's like, from what I understand, it's kind of like your heartier, um, kind of like meaty foods, like stews and stews. Yeah, things like that. Maybe right. a lot of like cheeses. You know, maybe not your not you're not eating light. <laughs> oh, I imagine it in Hungary. <laughs> and uh, like Croatia, yeah. just seems pretty cool. Croatia looks amazing. Cool, like that. Um, so you uh, are an avid follower of sports, and there are some uh, controversial, I guess, items going through the sports world currently. Um, 
one of them is kind of like the increased mathematization of sports, um, kind of started with Moneyball, I guess, and bringing statistics to professional baseball. Um, and it's kind of seems like it's leaking everywhere where uh, stats kind of drive coaching decisions and uh, player decisions more than, um, you know, the the feel that players used to have to rely on. Um, how, do, how do you feel about that generally? Um, well, it seems like it's definitely changing the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch a baseball game now and they do all these different defensive shifts. You know, you got three or four guys on one side of the infield or all the outfielders on one side of the outfield, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. And they'll like change it in the middle of an at bat, like depending on the count, you know, this guy with strikes on him always hits it this, to this spot, you know? So it's pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't think I really mind it, you know, whatever they do to try to get that advantage. It's kind of interesting. Like, you know, sports is always evolving. Like the way the games play is always evolving. Like, yeah, they're going to start doing these defensive shifts and then like, okay, how is the offense going to, you know, adapt to that? What are they going to start doing to counter, you know, that advantage that the defense is trying to get? So uh, I think it's interesting, you know, it keeps things uh, constantly kind of new. Um, you know, I'm not a person that's going to be like, oh, yeah, it's, they should be doing the same thing that they were doing back in the 1920s, you know? Uh, that's just not how it is. Um, cool to use the imagination and kind of get creative with some stuff. Um, yeah, and I think it's cool to bring like science to uh, to like the athletes, you know, as far as like training, uh, you know, eating and fitness, you know, how all that goes. Um, we're seeing these like bigger, better, stronger, faster athletes. Pretty cool. Uh, also somewhat dangerous, you know, <laughs> when it comes to football. Yeah, yeah. Guys are, I'm, you know, I'd never want to be a professional football player after seeing what happens. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's good for the smart guys, the uh, mathematicians of the world to uh, get a slice of the pie when it comes to professional sports. You know, maybe they were left off all their teams. <laughs> They're always picked last. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Now they're making good insights to their own body. So I like that. <laughs> um, another kind of theme in sports in recent years has been um, like catering to uh, the modern viewer. Like in baseball and extra innings now, they have players start on second base to prevent games from going super long. And in hockey and overtime, they have just a couple players on the ice to make things go faster. Um, do you think that? Uh, sports is going to lose anything if we kind of keep going down that path and we just try and uh, you know cater exclusively to the viewership and make uh, you know as <laughs> the excitement density as high as possible over a game of uh, is there something to be said about you know a longer a longer timeline? Well, I think to the best of my knowledge, I think those like overtime rules for hockey and baseball are only implemented during the regular season. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's a long regular season. Baseball, it's like 162 games. Hockey, they're playing like 80 or something. They're getting beat up every night. 
So I'm I, I'm fine with giving them a break, you know, to uh, shorten the game a little bit. You know, could they extend it for a long time? Um, you know, if they do, don't change something like that. Um, so you know, during the regular season, I think it's I think it works, and I think when it comes to the playoffs, they kind of revert back to you know, for baseball, they don't start with the runner on second base. In hockey, I think it's just a regular five on five. Uh, they don't go to a shootout ever. They just keep playing until somebody scores the first goal. So uh, I kind of like that. Keep the guys fresh during the regular season and reduce injuries. Um, it's to me. It seems like there's p- potential for a slippery slope here, where once you like start giving in to uh, the viewers, or or at least heeding the advice of a the common viewer that complains about the sport taking too long or something, you kind of might be at the mercy of future requests to to pick up the pace of the game and ultimately can uh, change the game in different ways. Um, which I, th- I think a change in game is um, exciting. Um, is the world is changing, kind of got to cope with that. But um, also part of me thinks that a conservative attitude towards, um, you know, a, a pastime has some value. And I, yeah, I, I, I definitely think you got to like keep it within reason. Yeah. Um, and I'm not like totally on board with the baseball thing. It still weirds me out. They start the guy on second base. I guess I'm thinking more for the hockey guys because they're the ones that are really, you know, it's getting beat up. Each other hard, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Baseball, you know, they can be they can be kind of out of shape and still be. <laughs> um, so that one's that one. I'm not totally on board with yet, um, but um, yeah. As, as far as like when it when if it comes to the playoffs, just make sure it's you know we're going back to how it's how it was it's my personal take on it i like that keep keep some sense of the original uh, intent in there uh another i guess controversial topic in the world of sports is like a transgender athletes um i guess for all of time there's been some kind of uh inherent talent disparity between different athletes um but we've had a rough Dividing line between male and female athletes. I was wondering if you have a take on the, the transgender athlete story. Um, <laughs> it's it's a tough one. I I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah, that's a touchy one. How many people are gonna be listening to this? <laughs> um, probably <laughs> like three. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and they'll probably all have the last name Wood or Rotasi. <laughs> um. Dude, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm all for transgender rights and, you know, doing what you want to do with doing what makes you happy. Um, but that advantage is pretty crazy when it comes to sports. Um, personally, I, I don't think it should be allowed. Like, um, maybe you can still, if you're, uh, you know, I don't I shouldn't know that how <laughs> I shouldn't know the terms used, but if you're a man that has changed over to being a woman, yeah. I feel like you should 
you should still be competing with the men. This team's very, you know, you see too many, too many times where like, they're just like, I've seen like, you know, it happened in like high school and stuff where that, that, uh, now that woman is just dominating races. Right. It's, uh, it just totally doesn't seem fair to me. Yeah, it's probably biggest, I guess, in like the track world. Yeah. You are just competing as an individual. And maybe those people that like, could be taking advantage of the situation and trying to, you know, get a scholarship or, you know, get some kind of profit from it. Yeah. All right, last big, uh, <laughs> last big uh, sports question um, is kind of the rise of esports. Seems to be um, pretty interesting. Um, wondering if you have a, a take on esports in general. Um, probably the generation before, uh, like the majority of esports fans. Um, but wondering if you've got thoughts on the future of esports and the, the idea of kind of sports encompassing both physical and digital realms. I don't really know much about esports. Okay. Uh, yeah, I grew up playing some video games and yeah, I, I love like the football and baseball ones, but I don't really consider that a s sport. I think that, I think maybe a lot of that popularity was driven by the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kind of craving any type of, you know, football or basketball or baseball related uh, programming on television. <laughs> I think they were, they were, uh, I think it was on like ESPN, like some of these like basketball, <laughs> esports, <laughs> like, NBA and, like, and, like, like, you know, they'd pull on like, uh, where you could bet on all these games, you know, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> um, so I don't know if that's going to stick around or not. If uh, those people want to do that, then yeah, it's fine with me. <laughs> yeah. uh, Just don't become addicted to it, you know. Yeah. I've been playing too many video games or computer games. <laughs> All right, well, we've got a couple more uh, personal questions here. What would you uh, say is your proudest accomplishment? Oh, man. I didn't say they'd be easy questions. <laughs> um, well, I think uh, I think I'm pretty proud of you know becoming a firefighter. Um, you know, I was a little older in life when I decided to make that career change. Uh, would have been easy to stick with accounting, um, you know. And I once I got once I learned more about how to get hired as a firefighter, I realized it's uh, pretty challenging. It's a competitive process. There's a lot of people out there who want to do it, um, and it wasn't going to be an overnight. Okay, I'll go apply and I'll get hired next week. You know, it's <laughs> the resume building process. And like I said, I went to EMT school, and that took like six months, and then. I went through a fire academy to pad the resume and that that was a year-long thing and I was you know it's full time while I'm like working you know full time um and then working on the hand crew you know it's a and that you know but also applying everywhere 
you know, trying to get that job this whole time um, and learning how to interview well and what, what departments you're looking for. You know, I think I probably interviewed with at least 15 departments before I got hired, you know, so that's a lot of rejection, you know, you know, it just kind of takes perseverance and understanding that uh, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be some struggles, but um, I enjoyed it too. Like I enjoyed meeting all these new people, uh, kind of learning this new way of this like new, uh, this new career and, uh, you know, working on the hand crew, even though it was a lot of work for uh, minimum wage. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was a fun experience. You know, I got, a, got a, I got a job where I could be super active and work out, get paid to work out. And um, yeah, I got two more months left, so I'm off probation of, you know, this current job. And uh, once I'm there, you know, hopefully I'll pass and, and I can't take a breath. <laughs> but uh, still got a couple months left, so I don't want to jinx myself. But uh, I think that's a pretty cool accomplishment. accomplishment. Yeah. I I find it uh, super um, inspiring. The processes, uh, what you just described is like <laughs> it's crazy being able to do all that and keep a full time job going at the same time. Yeah, when you're doing it, you're just you're kind of like I'm doing it. You look back on it, it's like oh wow, that was actually kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of hard. It's pretty amazing. Um, what is your happiest memory or a time in your life? Happiest memory. Hmm. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. a good problem. I try to go to a lot of cool places. Uh, um, yeah, a lot of vacationing and stuff like that, but I think like, I think like it's the little things, you know, or like every Christmas, you know, I, I love Christmas. I'm a big Christmas guy from, uh, you know, once Halloween hits from Halloween, to Thanksgiving, Christmas to New Year's, it's my time of the year. I, I like the colder weather, first of all, but, uh, you know, we, we had like awesome Christmases as as kids, you know, we built a lot of really cool memories, just like kind of that comfort, getting to see the family and taking some time off to, uh, you know, eat some good food, hang out, you know, maybe play some frisbee golf or you know, whatever we have planned for that year and uh, open some presents, celebrate the new year, Amy's, you know, Thanksgiving and whatever day we're going to make that year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think I'm lucky because I get it. I get like my happiest time like every year. Yeah, it is a pretty amazing time of year. You've got some good family to celebrate with. Um, what? Let's see. Are there any um profound influences that you have in your life, whether that's been uh, people or books or movies or uh, philosophies, movements? There's a, uh, yeah, there's so many. 
there's so many. Like I love watching movies. So like anytime I watch a movie where something inspirational happens, I'm inspired. <laughs> um, like uh, you know, I got I got these tattoos on my leg. One for my grandpa, my dad's side. One for you know Tutu, and uh, those people are super inspirational to me. Um, grandpa, you know, grew up on a in Hawaii in this little fishing village. Uh, you know, they grew up poor, um, but he was just a really hard worker. I've heard stories of you know him working in like the sugarcane fields as a kid and you know making this money and just just having a like a work ethic that um, was kind of unbeatable. You know, he ended up uh, serving in two different wars for this country. He ended up going to Harvard Business School. And then he, you know, uh, helped grow this like you know, successful business. And, um, you know, it was all through hard work, you know. Amazing. Um, and then we got Tutu. Uh, you know, she did so much as a single mom. You know, she raised four kids as a single mom, like, Kind of back in a time where, like, you know, women weren't um, so prominent in, like, the workforce or where she was working at. You know, she was super successful. And, you know, she's, like, one of the most, like, uh, like warm-hearted uh, people that I've ever met, you know. Um, just wants people to have fun, wants to uh, create good memories, you know. So, you know, I felt like I got really lucky with my grandparents. Uh, running dedication, hard work, uh, they poured for like family, spending time together. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll, go with, I'll go with those two people. <laughs> They're pretty good ones. Like, uh, it's tough to beat. Yeah, it better be somewhat important to me. Uh, what does the word love mean to you? What role does it play in your life? I think love, well, there's, I think of love, I think of unconditional love. Um, you know, that just the, no matter what, always, always having someone, always uh, being supportive of somebody, um, doing what's best for them, even though it's not always easy. You know, truly, Really caring about a person's best interest, I think, is like a big, a big part of love. Um, and it's hard, you know, especially if it's uh, you know someone really close and you just want to, maybe they're doing something that's not good and you know, it's really easy just to try to make them feel better in the moment. But to uh, really love them, you know, you're gonna you're gonna tell them what they need to hear because uh, you really care about, you know their interests. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, I think love, um, love is all you need. <laughs> it was so wide, you know, many years ago, I don't think I need to, <laughs> no, it's, it's the, uh, the Jedi way, you know? <laughs> Not here, it's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Terry Potter, Matt Lord, Voldemort. <laughs> you know, I got Bilbo Baggins. 
I was expecting them to make it into the well, definition here. Yeah. It's, they've uh, made they've shown what love is in movie form. Alright, I'm uh the next wood interview I've got is uh your mom later today. Is there any uh any question I should ask her? Oh man. She loves talking about plants. <laughs> oh good, I'll make sure to ask about plants. Maybe you can ask her like, you know, what has becoming a master gardener taught you? You know, what what are you been able to like how has it improved your life in other areas? I like that. It could be an interesting because I never, I never heard her talk about that. So that's all right. Mm. Um, let me write that down. All right, last question for you, Danny. The easiest one of the bunch. What is the meaning of life? What's it all for? Why are we here? Yeah, I mean, easy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I uh, this this very directly relates to the question about love. You know, I think the more love you can try to get into your life, uh, the more you're able to not uh, succumb to fear so much, but um, live in love, as they say. Uh, you know, I think. We'll have you'll have a much more enjoyable life, and you'll make other people's lives much more enjoyable. And, you know, if we weren't if we weren't here to try to, you know, enjoy it, then uh, I don't know. That would be pretty messed up. <laughs> Otherwise, um, yeah. Perfect, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's what we're gonna call it, Danny Watasi. Um, thank you so much. It's been uh, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for answering all my questions. Yeah, happy to uh, happy to do it. I'm uh, interested to see how this final product turns out. <laughs> I not we talked about Sean for some reason. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. we got a, we got a second here. If you wanna you wanna share a Sean memory, Sean story. Um, I mean, Sean, Sean is like, I, I just think of Sean as a people person. Um, you know, he's, he wants to like, uh, it's kind of like Tutu. He like, he likes engaging people, making them feel welcome, making them feel comfortable, kind of, um, you know, help them have a good time or whatever it is, tries to add life to the party. I know he was like the best like meatball salesperson ever. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. He was getting some crazy tips over there. <laughs> Make sure he adds that uh, reference yeah. to his resume. Person, he made their experience what it is, and and uh, that's that's one of Sean's you know many good qualities. It's an important one too. Like that's that's good. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to stop it there. Thanks so much, Danny. All right. Good luck figuring all this nonsense out.